Merry Christmas to all you listeners out there. Welcome back to another episode of the Searchers Podcast. Today's episode is a little different, but a little bit of the same of what we've done in the past. Um, we're doing a trading post today, guys. And joining me, as always, Mr. Kevin Chan. Yes, sir. Hello. Last but not least, Ziglet. What's going on? Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Now I I'm have here. a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes, we are doing a trading post episode. Uh, we are not doing six movies this time, but three. Each one of us gave the one of the others a movie. And uh, I guess that's all she wrote. Uh, that's that's pretty easy to, to follow. So we're going to just get it right into this. Are you guys good with that? Yes, sir. That's I'm ready. Good. All right. We're going to have uh, in order of the Zoom window again. Chris, go first. <laughs> Wonderful. Merry Christmas uh, to everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And I apologize if I sound a little congested. Came down well, with a little sickness, but a little, little bit down with the sickness, a little bit too much eggnog, you know? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't six feet under like we let, ended last week's pod. It was this is more down with the sickness. There was a lot of Creed references at our at my friend's giving this year, and we just like listened to Creed for like two hours, a little bit uh, intoxicated. It was it was very fun, but that's <laughs> it was a I good time from. though. But you do look like I forget his name, but the singer when when your hair was down. Sorry. No, it's all right. It's fine. I don't know his name either. I've never been accredited that celebrity look before. I feel like his name's Scott something, but I digress. <laughs> all <laughs> right, so. Out. Mr. Kevin Chan gave me my Christmas movie and it is all too fitting that I received this one from him because it stars Barbara Stanwyck. And this is the 1945 film Christmas in Connecticut. Also appropriate because I hail from the very state that is in the title. And I've always known about this film. Just never never seen it which you know, is one of those things to me yeah <laughs> i always thought it was cool because it's it's kind of a weird mentality being from connecticut like we have a little bit of an identity identity crisis i think because we're smushed between new york city and boston so it's sort of like rhode island too but rhode island sort of claims they're uh you know they they sort of all meander toward boston yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah and definitely. I guess I'm closer to New York City, but either way, it's a very small region. Um, and we're smushed in between the two. So it growing up, I've always looked for Connecticut in film, believe it or not, in certain uh-huh. in certain ways. I've always again, I've I've seen this movie pop up because it's in the title. I just never for whatever never reason got around to it. <laughs> never got around to it. Um but yeah, it, it, I I guess I could just start with the plot. Yeah, right? go for it. Apologies if I butcher it, but essentially Barbara Stanwyck is this housewife celebrity who writes a column for a magazine or a newspaper and she tells all her fans on like how to make the holiday meal or how to do tips and tricks, life hacks sort of deal. And it doesn't the movie doesn't start off with her by the way so all right so that's you got that so if i back up a little bit the first 15 minutes actually covers a gentleman named i think his name's jeff he's played by dennis morgan or jefferson jones that's his name yeah played by dennis morgan and it follows him and uh one of his friends they're they're in the war and they get stranded on a boat we find out that they're out there for 15 to 18 days before they get rescued. They're in the mor- moratorium, sanitarium. They're mm-hmm. in where they're resting they're and care of. Yeah. they're being taken care of. And both of them are yearning for all of this sweet food. And on the raft, they were starting to talk about it. Like, oh, I can't wait till I get, you know, when I get rescued, I'm going to eat a juicy steak or yeah. <laughs> all the good stuff they can possibly imagine. And in the infirmary, they're still thinking of all of these wonderful meals. However, his friend, because he was given the last of the rations, he's able to eat some food. 
and Jefferson Jones is sitting there in pain because his friend's able to eat food and he can't because he's been without food for so long. The medical advice is for him to ease into it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. But he's, but he's a fan of this housewife column that he reads in the paper. That's played by Barbara Sandwick. Long story short, all of this, these two plot lines combine because Babs is a publisher and she and he thinks it's a good idea that she meet um, Jefferson Jones, someone from the army, sort of like a representative from the army. And uh, well, who's the other gentleman, Kevin? You could probably help me out with that. So uh, well, wait, so Sydney Greenstreet, you mean? The publisher? Yes, right. Well, no, he's in. a yeah. publisher. He's a publisher. And then also S.C. Sakal, who's uh, Babs's uh, uncle. Uncle. Also chef. And he right. makes all the food. Yeah. And he makes all the food. But they bring her. The whole idea is between her and her publisher. To go to this new, uh, Connecticut farm mm-hmm. to show uh, it's Jefferson. It's Dennis Morgan's character. Yeah. They're, they're trying to impress Dennis Morgan's him and someone else. I can't think of who the other person is. Isn't it two people? I ooh, wow. I think I'm sort of forgetting, but I, uh, the, yeah, I'm sort of blanking on that. But it's uh, I know that they're really just doing a favor oh, for for okay. a war veteran. Yeah, for look, I think I'm just Chris quizzing Kevin on his pick. Yeah, look at this. Wow. <laughs> I was saving to watch this film. My no, no, no. It's fine. I think I I think <laughs> I know what I'm mixing up. So yeah. she's trying to do this. Or she's doing this arrangement for publicity for a publisher. I don't think it's her publisher yet. It's for the Sydney Greenstreet's character, Alexander Yardley, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Jefferson Jones, played by Dennis Morgan. They're the two honorable guests that are coming to the house or to the farm in Connecticut. She and her editor are the ones who are putting this whole thing together. Yeah. The editor is played by Robert Shane. Mm-hmm. His character's name is Dudley Beecham. And they're trying to continue on this whole hoax, if you will, yeah, putting this on the charade. For, yes, uh, that's yeah. that's it. And she's supposed to get married. She's uh, they throw a baby into the mix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're trying to really make her into this. What she purports herself to be in her in her magazine articles about having a Connecticut farm and staying there with her happily with her husband and her young son and making all right. these delectable dishes. And none right. of it's true because she's just a single independent woman. So, right. yeah, <laughs> very opposite lifestyle. Yeah. And so everything collides at this farm in Connecticut where the charade is going on and they're trying basically Barbara Stanwyck and Cindy Greenstreet are trying to, sorry, not Cindy Greenstreet, Barbara Stanwyck and Robert Shane are trying to prop up this whole thing um, before Dennis Morgan and Cindy Greenstreet find out. Right. Um, Uncle Felix is in on it too, obviously, because he's Babs's uncle Uh and shenanigans ensue. And basically the whole thing, that what really makes it unfold is Babs falls in love with Dennis Morgan, mm-hmm. um, even though she claims to be married to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to be happily her, married to. To yeah. be happily married to uh, her editor, I think. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. All very interesting. Um, the film definitely carries on a technical side. It carries that what I like to call the exotic qualities of studio era artifice. So the farm the house that they're in with the frosted windows, the big Christmas tree in the living room. And then the actual farm itself is very, it's stagey, but it's, it's very nice to look at. Yeah. Holiday-esque. Holiday-esque, very holiday-esque. <laughs> Christmassy, very snowy. Mm-hmm. I am, I did not drink when I watched this movie, but you could definitely give the advice for somebody to say that you could take a shot every time somebody says Connecticut. Yeah. Or uh, you could ice somebody every anytime someone falls into a pile of snow, mm. <laughs> because that happens actually quite a bit. Like Cindy Greenstreet uh, gets snow. I think he falls in the snow at least twice, and uh, Babs and Dennis Morgan get covered in snow mm-hmm. once or twice themselves. 
Mm-hmm. Um, One of my favorite scenes is that whole conversation between Dennis Morgan and Babs, where she's just trying to goad him into saying that, oh, you like me. <laughs> yes, yes. And, yeah. and that sort of happens again at the end, at the yeah. very end. Yeah, at the very end. When she's like, don't kiss me. <laughs> you can't do that. And they're just trying to get away from him on the bed. Right. Um, mean, meanwhile, the uncle and Cindy Greenstreet and the editor are outside the room trying to listen in on what's going on. That that was pretty funny too. Yeah. Good way to good way to end the whole thing. Uh-huh. Um not shot in Connecticut, I don't think. Not I you know what I didn't look that up, but I I, I don't think either. I don't think it is either. Yeah. To my point about it being stagey, I think they just probably shot it in a back lot somewhere in Hollywood. LA. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I will say that my favorite performance in this film is S. Z. Sackle, who plays Uncle Felix, I really, I really liked him. Sort of flamboyant, but he's also like foreign and very, yeah. you know, just a silly. He's just your typical silly side character for a 1940s film, and right. it's pretty great. Uh, Babs is yeah, Babs is good. I I don't think this is her best role. It's very Neither cutesy. I, yeah, it's very cutesy, it's very yeah. cutesy. Yeah, it, that's the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um saccharin it's a very saccharin romance um good word thank you the whole film that would be the perfect word to describe this movie it's very saccharin yeah and there's another great moment when she's decorating the christmas tree and it's it's right when he starts singing she like breaks the ornament yeah she's she takes a long peering look at dennis morgan as he's playing the piano and then and then Uh then she drops the ornament yeah (laughs) Yeah, there there are a lot of sweet moments in in the film, and I think really like the if you want to look more into it, I think for for me like the, what I saw was a pretty nice aspect uh, to the whole, or in terms of themes, was that it's the meeting of two working individuals who act for the health of the country. So Dennis Morgan is he he's fighting for America overseas, mm. whereas with uh, Babs's character. Elizabeth Lane, she's writing for the American housewife alone at home while her husband is possibly out there in the Pacific or the European campaign, you know, shooting, <laughs> shooting down enemies. Right. So really, they're both acting for the for the well-being of the country that once these two people kind of meet up or not kind of they do meet up and then that blossoms into a whole romance. It becomes the sort of the epitome of the well-being of what the country should be. So that's. That's what I felt was something that was really cool about about this film. People might not see it that way; might just see it as like really just a typical sweet romance. You know, what? I did not see that, but that is excellent. I love that. That's like a combination of the two two halves becoming a whole. Exactly. In yeah. in at the time, it was modern times. In in moder- modernity, mm-hmm. you had the housewife and you had the man who was going out to the war, and um, how those lives collide. If they aren't already together, exactly, exactly. That's, yeah, it's. I, I like that. Yeah, right. Like one thing I was going to ask you though, did you think Dennis Morgan held up, held up very well alongside Barbara Stanwyck? Because you know when you we, we've seen Ball of Fire, we've seen Remember the Night, and you know if you want to harken back to those uh, to the episodes we did on those films, like Fred McMurray and Gary Cooper, I think really hold their own up to par with Babs, who's such a really just dynamite in everything that she does yes i felt that dennis morgan was he was fun to watch but not as strong of a lead male against babs so interesting I wonder, okay yeah so i, I going i'll start with babs first i know uh-huh. your answer i know you asked about dennis morgan mm-hmm. but to just carry on what i earlier said about babs was i think she's good not her best and it she's just she has that skill of flipping on a, I guess flipping on a dime between cute and maniacal is way too strong of a word for this, but sort of conniving, I guess. Yeah. Like she's very good at turning that switch on. It's very effortless for her. Yeah, exactly. And that's evident here. A hundred percent. Even though this is not her, I wouldn't call this anywhere near her greatest, you know, roles. Agreed. Going to Dennis Morgan, I I liked I liked the guy. The whole scene the where yeah. he, the, it's like the first scene when he comes to the farm, 
and she has the baby in her hands and he just takes control of the whole scene because he's like, oh yeah, I do this all the time with my nephews and and my I don't know if he had nieces, but he's just like, I do yeah. this with my <laughs> my brother or sister's kids. I know he like he knows how to bathe them, he knows how to play with them. Like he, he just knows more than she does, which was mm-hmm. that was awesome. Just yeah, from like a fatherly standpoint. It was I, like, I, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so and, you felt like he really did hold his own. I I was completely convinced with his demeanor and how he controlled situations like that. Um, yeah, just my two cents. Cool. I think I think he holds up well against her in this appropriately casted. Can't say I've actually seen Dennis Morgan in anything else. Mm-hmm. I'd have I've to only look. seen him in one other movie, but this, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen that much from him. He's sort of he's sort of a blind spot for me in terms of the, uh, you know lead uh, the leading male in golden age hollywood sure. but yeah uh fun film <laughs> right. it, it, it is fun it's stick to this it, one just don't don't watch the uh the uh, remake uh directed by arnold schwarzenegger so <laughs> too, too late for me <laughs> too late for ben yeah he saw that Jeez. i am a bit intrigued uh. you should watch it chris christopherson uh what else is who's the other guy who's the guy from sweet smell success um Tony Curtis. Oh, yeah. Tony, Tony Curtis. Curtis is in it, too. It, it's so crazy, yep. man. It's it's wild. Unbelievable. What? And like the main, I, I don't think the story has anything to do with the movie you watched. It's just like this cooking show host who actually can't cook has to like make a meal for all these people at her house. It's it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's going to be on TV. It's going to be broadcast on TV. It doesn't make any sense, but yeah, unrelated. Just uh, a, a remake in name only. <laughs> That's amazing. I know, right? I'm glad. Wow, this... I feel like there's a. I feel like there's an Arnie joke in there with uh, instead of getting to the chopper, it's uh, let's chop the salad or something. Is he the one that's cooking in that movie? He's not in the movie. He's not in the movie. Yeah, he just, oh, he just directed it. it. Yeah, which yeah. is very oh. odd. <laughs> I know, right? I could I could see Ar- Arnie doing a Julia Child impression effortlessly. <laughs> <laughs> slamming slamming the chicken around right. chopping it with a knife absolutely destroying everything yeah i could i could see that <laughs> i would bad. at least think arnie got made uh gave himself a cameo in the film but nope nope he's behind the camera the whole time that's amazing but, okay but but yeah no uh 19 1945 christmas in connecticut um also i think uh ba- back to what i said about the themes of you know the american housewife and the soldier uh it seems kind of fitting because, you know, 1945, you're already approaching. I don't know. I forgot when the movie was released, but it's either after Victory Day or before uh, World War II ended. So, you know, the, the the way it hits home actually, I think, really parallels what really was going on during that during that time period. Very nice. But yeah, very saccharine film. Yes, and it's interesting. So I'll give you the Connecticut background to this. It's very fascinating to see Connecticut solely portrayed as farmland because we are quite, I mean, it's it's interesting, such a small area, you can hit farmland, but you can be in a city in, in a heartbeat because it's so small. Mm. I I have not technically lived in the city in Connecticut. It's I've I've lived out in the woods my whole life, but the, the city that I'm from is a city when you, when you get to the, you know, the center of it, it has a lot of people, but um, it's interesting to see it from that angle. And of course, in 1945, Connecticut was not as built as it was or as it is now. So it is interesting seeing it portrayed that way. Like everybody thinks everyone from Connecticut is snooty or Rudy Tootie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Hoity toity. Hoity toity. <laughs> That's the whole which, East Coast, which, man. Yeah. It's which. East Coast. They're not incorrect for for some of the population. If you actually go into Connecticut's Gold Coast, which is like Greenwich, Stamford, Darien, all of those cities, there are those people. Absolutely. 100%. I can't wait to drop in. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's also funny because the Babs' character reminded me of Martha Stewart in a way. And she, she she went to prison up here. Oh, she did? Sarah. I didn't even yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. So 
I had a fun time with it. It's a good, it was a good recommendation, Kevin. I'm I'm glad right. to check this one off my list. Am I I'm providing pro- a rating now? Uh, we'll do it at the end. At the end. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm finally glad you. I'm glad you finally got to it, Chris. I was like, wow, Christmas in Connecticut, not on your, not on your uh, watch list or on your uh, rated list. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. But <laughs> po- poetic, poetic pick. I apologize to the listeners if I butchered the summary of explaining this movie. It's worth checking out. All right. Who's next? It's me. It's Ben. Uh oh, Chris. Hey, you hear the tone me. of voice. I hear the tone of voice. It's me. <laughs> Where's the I'm, I'm, I'm here he to ruin to get it over with. I'm here to ruin Christmas. Call me the Grinch. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that would go first to that sense. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but yeah, Chris assigned me a movie from 2022. Wow. Fast forward 80 years. Yes, we are with a. Not Hallmark movie, Amazon original, which could be a Hallmark movie, something from Tiffany's, which I'm not even going to go through any of the crew people because they don't really mean much Ooh. to me. Uh, besides, <laughs> besides Zoe Deutsch, 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 Deutsch. Yeah, she is a star and a producer, and also Reese Witherspoon is a producer. Uh, but besides uh, that, she is. everybody else is kind of. I actually did not know that. Oh, you didn't read that when it popped up on the screen? One of the first things I noticed was like... I must Reese, have missed it. Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon, what the hell? <laughs> uh, but sorry, everybody, this is not a Four Christmases, which I don't really like that movie either, but my wife <laughs> loves it. Uh, I, I watched this with my wife, and so that was... It was a good uh, twofer, if you'd call it. Two, two birds stoned at once, for sure, with this. Nice. But yeah, you can find it on Amazon Prime for free. The movie follows two characters that are in relationships. And in the beginning, one is a L.A. based writer who's in New York. That's where he used to be from with his daughter. His his wife is dead and he is in a relationship with a woman who he's with in L.A., but he's in New York City for some reason for the holidays, picking out an engagement ring for her in the opening scene. And then the other relationship is a, a baker a restaurant tour and she is in a relationship with a tattoo artist who is getting her a very uh let's say affordable piece of jewelry from tiffany's for christmas and one thing leads to another i'm not going to spoil it but the pieces of jewelry get switched and the two guys for whatever reason don't uh <laughs> which what i have my thousands of dollars thing in my possession i was checking that thing like every freaking second so (laughs) the fact that they both didn't look in the box again until they revealed it to their uh, significant others is crazy but uh yeah the tattoo artist proposes to zoe duch's zoe duch yeah you can call her duch if you want how about dutch (laughs) Dutch. yeah her name's rachel she he he uh what's his name gary proposes to rachel and kind of i guess i can spoil it he the reason he doesn't like he kind of can like feign ignorance is he got hit by a car the night before and goes to the hospital and has a concussion so he's like oh yeah i bought the ring like haha and so that's the one reveal and then the other reveal is this this uh this couple's been together and the father has a daughter and she's helping him pick out this ring. And so when he goes to reveal it, I, I, don't, I think it was on Christmas. When he goes to reveal it, it's freaking pair of earrings. So it's a, there's, you know, obviously the struggle to get the correct piece of jewelry back to their rightful owner. And one thing leads to another. And Chris, should I spoil? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if anyone listening to us is actually going to watch this movie. All right, fair so, enough. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I will. How about this? I won't spoil it in case. Okay, okay. On the on the impetus of not really pretending, but kind of pretending to be concerned for the tattoo artist, the main character, who's the man, Ethan, played by Kendrick Sampson, goes to the hospital with his daughters. Like, can I just check on the guy that I saved from the? You know, I, I yeah. saved him from this car crash. Like, or rather pedestrian gets hit i saved him from this like i just want to know if he's okay and then he gets introduced to the, the gary played by R- gary's i guess not fiance girlfriend played by ray nicholson 
who also is in the bench warmers as catcher number two <laughs> game one <laughs> i had to bring that I love up that oh. um, yeah. Uh, but yeah he's they they get you know zoe deutsch and kendrick sampson happen to come across each other which is very convenient that's that's basically the story i don't want to like ruin anymore for anybody well no i'm gonna ruin it i, I have to to, to explain <laughs> yeah. why i don't like it because i, I don't yeah. like this movie it is basically um, try to get through that is. plot while while, yeah. while the movie is extremely efficient in its runtime it's very polished looking it, it looks nice the new york sets you know all that's laudable I'm, I'm not having a problem with that i just think the story is extremely convenient and there's a lot of coincidences that if you take one away the whole story falls apart which that's how these movies are i get that but i also just kind of I kind of don't believe Zoe Deutsch, her character Ra- Rachel, and Kendrick Sampson as Ethan. I don't really believe their love story um, happening the way it does. It just doesn't feel natural. It feels forced. Like that, you know, it was one of those things where the writer was like, "I want this to be the outcome, so I'm going to write backwards to get that there." And that kind of felt cheap to me. Um, and I. Shay Mitchell, do, do you guys know who that is off the top of your head? Yes. Oh, Kevin's given the eyebrows. <laughs> uh, Shay Mitchell it plays the girlfriend of Kendrick Sampson, which I'm just going to use their act, their real names because the, I can't yeah. remember, remember them. I, I, I literally cannot remember their their characters' names. Character names. Um, she did not. She did nothing wrong. Like she gets broken up with over over like it's not her fault. Ethan basically wants to like oh i'm gonna live in new york now i'm from i'm I'm in la with you we're in this relationship but i'm just gonna surprise you with both an engagement and also i want to move back here and then he also lied to her about like getting a book deal or something right because they're from la and they're they're in new york yes i don't i don't know what what house they're at the 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 dad and the daughter but like they're at this really swanky row home and i'm like dude you're a professor and a writer there's no way and a writer you know, there's no way you'd afford this that's such a fantasy <laughs> but uh Love yeah it. i i think the comedy with the with ray nicholson's character uh gary i can remember that because they keep they keep yelling at gary the whole time he's a, he's kind of a self-centered dick but towards the end he kind of a little bit sees the error of his ways, but I just laugh at like all his co- the comedy involving him is pretty funny. Um, right. I didn't hate this movie. I, I think it's set. It's obviously set at Christmas time, uh, and it, I think a couple days. Well, maybe let's say it's a week before Christmas. They get the jewelry, and then there's like a week of back and forth, maybe. Um. But yeah, th- th- that's the plot basically, and and these this couple does end up with each other, which I th- I think's forced. Zoe Deutsch and Kendrick Sampson. Um, Mismatching and, from the couples that they originally were with. Yeah, they 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 they, 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 flop they don't them. flip they flop. They don't well, totally they don't, flip. No, that would have made that would have made that would have been better. Like, oh, I'm just gonna go with this tattoo <laughs> artist guy who's. Yeah, it, it wouldn't work, but it, it's it would have been funny. That's what these movies are all. You know, to me, that's kind of what they're always. I I like how it. Uh, not to cut you off, I like how this one it fits into that hallmark genre for sure. I like how this one dealt with the incidences of fate and Providence happening, switching the jewelry and how the piece of jewelry changes the dynamic between the couples, probably pretty predictable. Oh, my wife in the first five minutes was like, I know exactly what's going to happen. What's happened. Fair enough. I mean, I kind of did too, but at the same time, I was just like, really? I, if my, Let's just say that ring costs like ten or fifteen thousand dollars, which is oh, I hundred percent agree with you. Like I, I would have immediately gone to the house and just beat the shit out of that guy, but like, give me my <laughs> fucking ring back. And he, well, I don't know what you're talking uh, about, dude. I didn't take your ring. Uh. Well, more to the point that you would have been checking it from. Oh the no, that thing that would have been just... in my coat pocket, in my pants pocket, or like in a safe. Yeah, but I I do like I do like some of the smaller moments in this where. She, yes, where, some where, of the stuff works. Where um, I just want to name a few, like when Zoe Deutsch, uh, when she takes the the engagement ring, which after she realizes that it's not meant for her, she takes it and she rolls it into 
a pastry. Yeah, she's a ba- she's a baker. So mm. yes, and I like how she she puts it in the pastry without Kendrick Sampson knowing, and then he goes home with his daughter that one day, one night or whatever, and his girlfriend breaks into the bread and the ring comes out, and I Vanessa, thought that was actually Vanessa. Vanessa played, played by, by Shay Mitchell. Yeah, Mitchell. Yes, Kevin and I thought knows that. Was, that. I, I thought that. that was cute. That's the only thing I Even know in this film. <laughs> Damn it, Ben. <laughs> sorry. Even, you know, it's fine. I'm Even sorry. though it didn't work out for them, I liked that. I think Ray Nicholson plays a really good sleazeball. And the thing is, right. I feel I like he wasn't trying to be sleazy. I mean, well, no, the character was sleazy, but at the same time, he was like, he's kind of likable because he's not a total, like, he's like, yeah, like, I know I'm, I'm a dick, but like, I want a right. second chance and like, I'm not right. that awful. But he is a self. He is he is a self centered guy. That's that's the crux of his character, for sure. And the other oh, cool his, thing, his too. cousin, his cousin was hilarious. Oh, he, he had like yes. four lines. Yes. And like just he ruined everything. Like it, was it just, ruined everything. Just yeah. in a in a minute of screen time, ruined everything for him. Yeah, yeah. And I also really like how Zoe Deutsch uh, develops a relationship with Kendrick Sampson's daughter. I was literally about to say, if you didn't, that that's the best. I think that that scene where Zoe Deutsch's Rachel is explaining that her mother's also dead is explaining yes. to the the daughter, like, this is what I do to like get over this feeling and like remember the good things about my mom instead of just being sad about yes. it, which was nice. Yes. And that they bonded over baking. And that was right before she gave that was right before she baked the ring into the pastry. So like that, that whole sequence was great. But what sane person is like, yeah, I'm just going to give back this $10,000 thing in a piece of bread. <laughs> like the spirit of Christmas. Like, man. Can you can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I'm you know, I'm just I tried to I tried to be so. Well, look, I knew you were going to nitpick this. No, no, I knew you were going to nitpick it. I know how I much know. Oh, he, he specifically <laughs> gave me this movie. So I would be upset. <laughs> Not to be upset. I, I was kind of hoping. I mean, it's basically the reaction I thought. Like you are, you are listing your positives out, and I think there are things to like here. I loved it because I, I was, my expectations were down here, and when I watched the movie, I was completely blown away by. So were mine. What, by the lighting work, <laughs> the, by the lighting work and the interior set design, I loved it. I think it's yeah. the kind of movie. It's the kind of movie when, like, aesthetically, when you look at it and you're looking for a Hallmark Christmas movie. It has it checks all the boxes. It like it's got that warm, cozy interior. The lights are perfect. Cozy like, film. I can't think of the last time New York City looked that gorgeous on a, on screen. It doesn't. Mm. <laughs> that's the only, no, the only that's... movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, no, I I, I don't want to sound like super negative. It's just not. If you like rom coms and you like Christmas movies and that's like your thing and you just watch Hallmark with your like sixty five year old mother all the time, it's it'll be a hit with her. Like just watch it with her, just or watch like it. watch it with your wife <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, and I watched I watched this with my wife as you watched it with yours. Oh, I was like, hey babe, I have a movie that we should watch. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we should all right, watch so, this together. So when we get to it was rating, a pleasant experience. It was. We did it in front of when the we Christmas get to tree rating, and all that. Your, I need to hear your rating and I need to hear her rating. Oh, I'll just she well, tell okay. you. No, I mean she doesn't rate stuff, but she doesn't have a letterbox or any of that. But I could tell you I could give you a rating for her. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, please do. After. From her reaction. Um <laughs> yeah, it's just not my cup of tea. It's really like I wanted to like the movie and I know why you gave it to me. You just like Zoe Deutsch. Don't don't tell your wife. Who me? <laughs> yeah. I think I've only seen her in this movie and one other movie. So I, I don't even know. I've seen Zoe Deutsch in this movie and now. Well, she's and the, she's and the only other movie I've seen her from is Everybody Wants Some, which is that like college, yeah, 80s college Link uh, Linkwater. Yeah. I haven't yeah, seen it's that. basically just dazed and confused, but in the 80s, right? Um I believe so. It's kind of like that. It's a college movie she's, instead of a high school movie. She's for sure a pretty girl. Oh, man. I, I actually really just gave this to you because it was a Christmas movie a la Hallmark. You were giving me something different. <laughs> I was giving you something different. It was also really recent. Were you expecting like a really high rating? <laughs> me? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no. He was like, oh, I'm going to make him make him mad. 
no, it, it didn't get me mad. It's just, it's, Chris's it's just, it's just hard for me. It's hard for me in these type of films where it's like, it's not a genre pick that's with over the top action or ridiculous scenarios. But when you take something that's real life and make it kind of ridiculous, it just, it's hard for me to like uh, suspend my disbelief, but regardless, <laughs> we'll get to the rating. If uh, you have Amazon prime and you want a, uh, rom-com with your significant other to watch around the holidays give it a shot it's less than 90 minutes i mean come on can't be that bad i just saw yeah. chris's rating for this film on letterbox i'm like oh wow okay. yeah chris, chris has been giving his chris Damn, has been dropping like some rocks like recently i'm like these don't match up to your reaction chris. i'm like oh shoot i didn't know i didn't, I didn't think it'd be that high i'm like wow all right something from tiffany's yeah, Zoe well, Deutsch, it, by the way, you know what? Uh, daughter of Leah Thompson Lorraine from Back to the Future, which is yes, yeah, correct, correct. I to the film's credit, it does this thing at the end, also typical sort of cliche, but I don't think you see it anymore. So when I say cliche, I'm talking about from the 80s and 90s, maybe in the early 2000s, where you have these characters in this swing of providence happening and they're trying to get together and they realize they're in the wrong place and they're trying to be in the right place and in the last 15 minutes or so it does this really cool thing where you just don't you just don't see it anymore like they're trying to run after each other and trying to meet each other at the right place and trying to make up to each other and um i guess you don't really see it anymore because it's we have technology people can text each other they can call each other and i didn't feel like that was an interference into this film it kind of reminds honestly the end end after that where like i'm not going to spoil it but i'm going to kind of relate it to something i am going to relate it to something it reminded me of the ending of cocktail where like they have uh, with tom Tom cruise Cruise. i was gonna say tom cruise movie i haven't seen at the end when like the 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 romance works out and like they have their own place and they have like a bar some sort of bar it just kind of reminded me of that where it's like, oh, like we're we got our life now, and that's like cool. We're, we're gonna move on. It just re- that's just like a throwaway reference. Uh, but yeah, cool. it's. I think the reason that it, it it works is because they go their separate ways and don't have each other's numbers, so you can like have the benefit of the doubt there. So that's right, it exactly. It's it it didn't feel for like to me the ending didn't feel forced, and I liked that they were sort of reaching, I don't know if it was on purpose, but they were definitely trying to reach back to that timeless, that timeless essence of a rom-com where you're trying mm-hmm. to see these two people meet, you know, cross paths in the right time. And right I know place. what it reminds you of Chris, the ending of your name. The, what? Your name. My name. No, your, your name. name. The movie. Your name, your name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my name. Oh, my name. What is? That's I was great. like trying to spell That's my great. name in my head. Your name, period. <laughs> Got it. Shinkai. Yeah. Like where they? Uh, I don't yes. want to spoil that movie. I still need to see yes. that. That's actually a great. That's another. That's a great reference. Yeah. All right. We've 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 uh, we've milked. Yeah. We, we've we've gotten it. We're trying to keep these. We didn't have like a time <laughs> limit this time, but let's uh, move on. We'll get to the rating for that at the end. It is now time. For my pick for Mr. Kevin Chan. And to my surprise, this man has not seen this movie, which I'm glad I became the person in his life that remedied remedied it because that's yeah. insane that you haven't seen this. I know, um, I know, I knew that would be brought up. It so is what insane. what what did I uh <laughs> what did I assign to you, sir? So Ben assigned me 1954's White Christmas, which is alongside It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, and name any other Christmas classic out there. It is truly a Christmas classic that has endured many years of people just really praising it, loving it. And yeah, uh, I know that I have a list of films that I've wrote about and said, how the hell did I, how the hell had I not seen this film until now? I can't really remember which films they they are because I was pretty much encha- enchanted by White Christmas, and this is one film that you can add to that list. I don't know how the hell I had not seen this film until now. So thanks, Ben, for assigning that to me. 
You are welcome. So yeah, so I mean, as as everyone knows, uh, I'm sure everyone who's listening has probably seen this film. But on Christmas Eve in 1944, Captain Bob Wallace, played by Bing Crosby, and Private Phil Davis, played by Danny Kaye, put on a soldier show for the 151st Division. And their major general, Waverly, who is about to be relieved of his duty as general. So they put on a show. And before they know it, the enemy attacks them. And Phil saves Bob from a collapsing wall. And Bob becomes ever so thankful and asks him, how can I repay you? And to which Bill says, well, we can become a duo act on stage when we return to the States. And so the thing about that is uh, Bob played by Bing Crosby again, was a former Broadway star. Phil Davis, played by Danny Kaye, is an aspiring performer on the stage. So really, Bob is repaying Phil by actually recruiting him and bringing him up to the big leagues, performing with him and performing all these shows, and they become very successful when they get back to the States after the war is over. And at some point during their successes, uh, they receive a letter, allegedly, from their mess sergeant who tells them, hey, you should check out the act. Uh, my sisters, the Haynes sisters, they're performing. I would like you to see them and you know maybe recruit them into one of your shows. And so they go to Florida and they see the Haynes sisters, Betty, played by Rosemary Clooney, a.k.a. George Clooney's aunt, and Judy Haynes, played by Vera Ellen. So they see them and there's an opportunity that's found because Phil notices that Bob has taken an interest in and Betty. And so him and Judy go about ensuring that they they get together and a romance ensues. And within that, more funny situations lead the two buddies and the two sisters to Pine Tree, Vermont, where they discover that General Waverly uh, has been working day and night as the hotel's landlord. So within this whole story, romances bloom, misunderstandings brew, and Everything, all of it is all sandwiched by the one classic song sung by Bing Crosby, White Christmas. And it's, yeah, it's a very, very enchanting film. And I was actually surprised because I didn't know that Michael Curtiz, I guess that's the way you pronounce his, his last name, yeah, director Curtiz. of uh, <clears throat> Casablanca, of Casablanca fame, made this film. And I, I thought, whoa, okay, who would have thought? That's that's pretty cool. That, that I, I I dig that. So really, these are this marks the second film I've seen from Michael Curtiz, and just by the two alone put together, you, you haven't can, seen you can, Angel with what? Dirty Faces. I I know of it. I haven't seen it though. You dirty rat. I mean, it's not. <laughs> I know. I, I, I know. I'm just about I know. to say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Damn it. Throwback. <laughs> I knew it was coming. But yeah, no, when you look at those two films like Casablanca and White Christmas, you can already see a versatility in in his style of filmmaking. He knows like what he can he just knows what to gain out of audiences. With Casablanca, it was like sort of kind of an inquisitive sort of dreamy sensibility whereas with White Christmas, he's really just trying to spark that inhibited joy beneath the souls of every viewer. And he does that successfully with White Christmas. And I couldn't help, but I, I saw criticisms on of the film on Letterboxd, stuff like, oh, I was bored out of my mind. Oh, the romantic aspect is not likable. Like, what the hell are you talking about? I mean, I, I don't understand. You know, I'm just like, it's just such a, there's a whimsical feel to the whole film. It's like, how can you not, how can you just, how can you not love the, love the film? And honestly. Anything with Danny Kay. Yeah. Like, First oh, so, of all. Yeah, Danny Kaye's in it. The funny thing about that is that before Danny Kaye was even cast, they they had Fred Astaire, who was going to be um, uh-huh. Bing Crosby's partner. And I thought, oh, that would have been a really cool duo. But then I think at the time, Fred Astaire was retired. And so who better to to bring in than Donald, Donald O'Connor from Singing in the Rain? Right. Uh, so that would have been really cool too. But then suddenly things happen and he's not, uh, he ends up not being cast in the part. So then Danny Kaye's brought in, and that may, they make for a really great duo, Bing and Danny. And, uh, you know, the, the, the interesting thing about this film is that what I really like is that there are different forms of love that you may say in this movie. 
So going back to what I said about the two buddies, there are two war buddies, Bob, played by Bing, and Phil, played by Danny. And really, when they when they go about, you know, with their with all their successes on stage, like as a singing and dance duo, Bob has already done Phil a, a favor by bringing him in as his partner. But Phil wants to ensure that Bob is happy throughout his life. And he realizes that he's really just a lonely man working consistently. He's a workaholic. So he says, you know, you're never going to find true happiness unless you unless you find a girl who cares for you and loves you. Basically, if you're if you're not happy, then I'm not happy. And so that comes. So when they meet the, the two sisters, the, the Haynes sisters, he sees that opportunity that he falls in love with Betty and her sister, Judy, knows that Betty, too, is sort of in that in that state of life where it's just like, I, 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 I need to be happy. So she, too, as, alongside Phil, sees that, oh, we need to make something happen here. And besides that, the two war buddies also really care for their general, who basically plunged all his life savings, all everything, everything that he had into creating this hotel in Vermont. And he's on the verge of going bankrupt. Played, so by, they, by, played by, by Dean Jagger. Dean Jagger, Which yes. I need to go back and, and, and retcon our episode on Raw High. We, we, we mistakenly Which, said he, yeah. he was Santa. So he's not, you were wrong. <laughs> and no. It was, I, I was wrong, I guess. I don't remember. I, did he play and then Santa not, in another movie? You know I what? Don't. I meant to look that up after we watched the episode and I never did. All right. I'll look it up while Kevin talks. Sorry. All right. <laughs> Dean, no, Dean Jagger and Dean Jagger. Jag, is it Jagger or Jagger? Jagger. Jagger. Jaeger. Jaeger. Jaegermeister. No, I call Jagger. him I always call him Dean Jagger. Yeah, Dean I know, Jagger. Just Dean Jagger. <laughs> Pronunciations, yeah. please. Come on. PP. Yeah, Dean right. ja- Dean right. Jagget. We don't want to piss off anyone like when we said Kubrick instead of Kubrick. But uh anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So basically, yeah. So really like what I just said, there are like just different forms of love that exist where it's like there it's two buddies and one cares for the other's happiness. There are two sisters. One cares for the other's happiness. And so one guy and one girl try to ensure that a romance brews between their, their loved ones. And on top of that, the two war buddies want to give back to uh, their general and they put on a show at the hotel, which, gets in more people to more tenants to come in and then see the show and it's not only that but it's a reunion between the general and the men the servicemen that he's taken care of uh throughout the war so it's just a really cool thing that curtis i hope that's clear enough but i mean what i think that curtis does is that he kind of speaks to the hearts and minds of people throughout the world where it's like pain hearts and minds being away from loved ones seeking romance seeking love and then dealing with the consequences of moving on time and age and i thought that curtis was able to depict such truth such truths and speak to them and the beautiful thing about that is that all of that is sandwiched between two renditions of the song white christmas first it's bing crosby trying to he's singing it and he's singing it to servicemen who are away from their loved ones at the very end it's the entire cast singing it out of joy of the fact that there's a reunion that's finally happened and a romance has finally happened and it's just a beautiful thing a a song that's relatable to multiple scenarios and and dynamics and relationships exactly yeah and this whole thing is beautifully shot in vista vision so the blu-ray transfer is actually quite stellar quite quite great um, Are you blind bought it, huh? Yeah, I did. I mean, I, I knew I was gonna like it. Yeah, I had it. myself. Damn it! It had the word Christmas in the title. You're like, I'm you gonna knew like I was it. gonna buy it. Damn it! <laughs> it, it was from the 1940s. Whoops. Yeah. Oh, 1954. Oh, it was in the 50s. Yeah, okay. 50, 54, I, mean, yeah. I thought it was 49. Okay. Anything, no, 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 anything yeah, pre 1960, Kevin's like as low as like a seven and a half. <laughs> Come on, damn it! <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey. Well, no, but I mean. Uh, it, I it also, Kevin. I just, I yeah. also, um, I always, I've always liked Mary Wicks too. She's a great character actor, actress. Mary Wicks. Mary Wicks. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. She, she has yeah, very unique look to her face, uh, but she's also a very good character actress. And um, I've always I like I've liked her. I remember her and Dean Jagger from this, having watched it. I haven't seen it in quite a few years. Mm-hmm. She no um, she yeah it, de- definitely uh, a really fun really fun. Ca- I didn't I didn't know that she was a character actor. But, well, uh, I, I I consider her one. I mean, she oh. she did um she did at least one film with Abbott and Costello. That's one of my favorites. And mm-hmm. I mean, in that film, she's doing comedy, so it's ah oh, okay, very versatile. Yeah, like she, she's very versatile, exactly. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. But um, so one thing I wanted to bring about like of this movie, maybe people might not see every song and dance number as memorable as say taking another. I'm, I don't. I don't want to be generic, but you take in "Singing in the Rain." People know the lyrics. They know the songs. It's just you know you hear it. That's it. Whereas with "White Christmas," maybe it's maybe the music isn't as memorable as uh, as those examples. But what I really liked about the way Curtis handled the direction on this movie is that every element of song and dance, cinematography, writing, even the drama and the comedy, what exists to me is an imperishable selflessness it's not there to be showy or ostentatious or to you know simply entertain everybody but there's a selflessness that brews throughout every piece of song and dance in this movie and from that there's a longing for the happiness and there's a longing for happiness for romance and just for the goodwill of some for someone to find that happiness and i i I like that it it really worked i thought it worked great I knew you would would like it, but I'm glad that you like it this much. I honestly yeah. have only seen it once, and this was another movie I watched with my wife last last Christmas. And uh, it's on Netflix for everyone who's listening and wants to check it out if they have Netflix. Again. Yeah, I'm yeah. My honestly, I like this one a lot. Uh, there's so many good ones. Not to go off topic, but are you uh, watching George C. Scott's Scrooge this year? I will. I'm I'm actually starting to reread A Christmas Carol before I do. So. Uh... Shout out to Joe. Shout out to Joe Wilson. He's also recommended that one to me. But yeah, uh, Christmas Carol is one of my favorite uh, books, and I'm rereading it currently before I get to that one. Awesome! I can't awesome. wait. I can't wait. Love but it. yeah, I need to rewatch this. I honestly, I can vividly remember the the end number, and I can vividly remember just like there was like one or two dance numbers with Vera Ellen, and I'm like that's the first movie i've seen with her and i'm like wow like she's a performer she's amazing Um, yeah i think she was a professional dancer if i'm not she was misremembering yeah yeah Yeah, i knew you would like it i I, I just had to write a wrong in the universe there's so many of them nowadays but uh one of them was kevin not seeing this until he was over 30 years old which is insane (laughs) i'm not over 30 years old for goodness sake (laughs) i mean you're over 30 you're 30 in some days so well yes yeah i know i this is the second second episode in the row you've pinned him for that because last I don't, episode you, you were like whoops, you yeah. 30 for totoro. Oh, totoro because i love totoro <laughs> finally seeing at 30 that was just a happy coincidence oh, as a, as okay. a wise yeah. bob ross would say <laughs> just happy, happy little accidents, accidents. man uh, oh yeah. boy no i i didn't mean to call you out for being no, old Kevin. Okay. older i'm than glad me. ben saw something at <laughs> tiffany's at 30 years old in some days there <laughs> uh-huh oh yeah <laughs> very different movies um yes very very different <laughs> movies <laughs> all right I, I i mean are you are you done with that kevin i think you i think you described it beautifully and really yeah. get to the essence of things unlike me but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah i don't think i did too hot either you did the best this time very good very very good uh, read of the film so I, I said before Dang. we recorded i believe I, th- I said we're saving the best for last or the most positive for last or something like yeah that. yeah, <laughs> yeah i guess it uh, I guess it worked out. <laughs> yeah, the shoe fits, right? Yeah, that uh, that I think I've said all I need to say about White Christmas. I mean, I, I I'm still gonna I'm still gonna kick the ass of people who say that. Oh, this movie's boring. Uh, you know. Well, so, I think anyway. some people just don't have a taste for the old stuff because they're that's unfor- one thing. Yeah. They unfortunately weren't taught by their parents, but it's fine. Yeah, it's well, not fine. It's not fine. In fact, it is not fine. But it it'll be fine right now as I say it out loud. We're, it'll we're be fine. Evangel- we'll make ourselves feel better about it <laughs> <Right>. somehow. <laughs> I just want to evangelize these people, man. But it's not yeah. Working. Anyway, <laughs> and any other Christmas movie, and just in general, shout outs. Uh, I think we should 
wrap it up soon any other christmas movies that just have need honorable mention until next year because this is the last one i just watched or rewatched rather it had been pretty close to 20 years i saw it in my feed and i was like i gotta just rewatch this thing i saw Emmett otter's jug band christmas the jim henson mm-hmm. movie it was like 40 minutes i don't even know what that is it's a great little it's it's puppets it's the muppet i was world. gonna say it's muppets yeah yeah um and it's a great little film it clashes with music there's some music um it's actually one of the first films that's noted to have a mashup in it because um mashup meaning two different types of style songs coming together to make one song huh oh okay okay yes and the lyrics and the music were written by paul williams i don't know who that is sorry enlighten okay it's fine if you look him up he's got a long he's prolific so okay yeah I was but going to mention shout out to that. I was going to mention uh if if you haven't I I believe Muppet the Muppets Christmas Carol is on Netflix. That one's great. It is. It's been a while since I've seen that one. But I Michael watched Kane. it 2 years ago. Yeah, that one's great, but I, I think great. George C Scott should be recognized by all moviegoers as the definitive Scrooge. He okay. is the best. Look at that. That's Michael Caine gives him a run for his money and Michael Caine my cocaine my cocaine my cocaine uh, two kilos <laughs> two my kilos michael cake but yeah we are me and chris shout out so do you have oh, any other nice. christmas I, movie shout outs okay really quickly meet me in st louis uh miracle on fourth 34th street and meet john doe so okay uh those, very good yeah. yeah if you want any sort of just writing to like digest on anything Capra. Just read Kevin's and uh pod or I guess our yeah, our friend and podcast friends, uh friend of the pod rather, Mr. Bryant, uh Tyler on yeah, Letterbox, right. those guys. Well, is, is there anybody else in that group of Capra Caprian uh, people? Mitch, <laughs> Mitch, I think Mitch. Mitch writes some good reviews too. Mitch, yeah, Mitch is uh Mitch and I share the same favorite movie. Uh, it's a wonderful life. So yeah, he's a big Capra guy too. Um, but I feel I feel like Bryant and I have written extensively on on Capra. Capra's works. And, and I, for Mitch, and like I, I'd love to I'd love to see more from Mitch. I'm sure I know he's written some, but I'd love to see more from Mitch. Awesome. Really quickly, guys, rate the films that <laughs> Christmas in Connecticut, six out of ten. Solid Christmas Kino. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't eight out of ten. It's a nine out of ten for White Christmas. So Very nice. It used, not, it used to not, be an eight. How it used to be an eight. I don't know. I mean, we you talked about it. it. Oh, uh, you talked about it and went up. Yeah, it went up. Yeah. Oh, See? yeah. Look at yeah. that. Exactly. It's amazing how that works, right? But yeah, I mean, nine out of ten. Not a five out. Of, not a ten out of ten like you guys thought. But hey, I was close. 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 Something from I Tiffany's. Wait. I can't wait for this. <laughs> I, I, gonna, I, I, I did. I did. Uh, he's, he's giving it a four out of ten. I it's know a four out of ten, right? Uh, now yeah. I got. Now I got to be more it. positive. Uh, four point one out of ten. <laughs> four point one. Oh, shit. him and his no. decimals. No, <laughs> I just did that to mess with you. If I was okay. being honest, like my feeling during the movie would be a five, but after thinking about it more, it's, it's definitely in four territory. Or territory correct Ooh, assessment okay. and my right. my wife would have been probably a seven okay six I'll or seven that. i'll take that i think some of those points from ben is the fact that it's below 90 minutes so it gets it gets a yeah you had four minutes a, that movie it's a definite yeah. three yeah. stinker <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was gonna say oh i i, I don't know why i've become the 90 minute guy but <laughs> Movies can be lately. Movies, movies yeah. can be over ninety minutes. It's just they shouldn't be two hours gotta, and thirty minutes for no reason. That's they gotta, gotta be, clash they, they gotta be good. because because before we started doing this podcast, I was watching like three plus hour movies, four hour movies, a lot. Well, hey. we talked about the Iceman cometh, and speaking of uh, Christmas time and, and cold stuff, yeah, I'm not. I, I four hours is really hard for me to be like. I'm gonna watch a four hour movie unless it's like an extended edition Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah, that's or different. Or if it's Justice League. Or like a five-hour silent film. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I will literally never do that. Oh, boy. It I mean, if, so, if, if someone pays me, like if you're like, hey, here's 20 bucks an hour, I, I, I'm more expensive than that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, um, boy. What, what, wait, 
is Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon isn't going to be four hours, right? It's, a, it's no, I don't length. I don't think so. Well, I mean, there there are going to be two cuts. I think the rated R version is going to be. I don't know how long that one's going to be, but definitely three or more hours. I think. I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, yeah. nothing's just nothing is bridge over the River Kwai or like Lawrence of Arabia for me anymore. Like I, yeah. I just don't feel like I need to do that. Whatever. Right. I, I digress. I digress. That's it, guys. Last episode of the year. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. See you bros next year. Yamaguchi. <laughs> there we go. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Searchers Podcast. If you want to hear more of our thoughts on movies, you can find us on Letterboxd. Ben at Giant13, Chris at Ziglet underscore Murr, and me at Kevin Chan. Find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and on searchersfilmpodcast.podbean.com. Until next time, people.